Understanding and managing customer needs is never an easy task. And for financial institutions to offer truly personalized experiences, they need the right tools that can gather and sort mountains of customer data to glean those all-important insights. But in our modern age, surveys and spreadsheets simply aren't powerful enough to take on this enormous task. What institutions really need is a customer data platform. I think the ability for us to have information available and properly analyzed and presented to really provide, you know, prescriptive sort of guidance to us as organizations, a customer organization, as well as out to our, our actual customers is really going to drive just a whole different level of interaction and optimization around kind of what that relationship's like. And it's not just financial institutions that are able to take advantage of this technology. So, I mean, if you have customers, right, you want to stay engaged, you want to stay relevant, you want to build on that relationship in a personalized manner. And that's obvious with financial institutions, but it's true with other verticals like we talked about insurance, wealth, sports teams, and the gaming industry, healthcare, energy, it really has application everywhere. This is Financial Futures, the podcast that charts the frontiers of fintech innovation. And in this series, we're examining a new generation of intelligent tools that are set to transform key monetary products and services, making them fit for modern financial institutions and their customers. I'm your host, Erin Dangler. And in today's episode, we're exploring how institutions are better utilizing customer data to facilitate more relevant and personal interactions with their customers. We'll find out why it's essential for organizations to have solid data and engagement strategies, who can benefit from a customer data platform integration, and how institutions are already using these insights to their advantage. And joining us in today's episode, our Senior Director of Strategy and Decision and Data Solutions at FIS, Brandon Richardson, and Senior Director of Full Stack Solutions at Tech Systems, Peter Thumb. But before we find out what the future of the customer data platform has in store for the financial services industry, we first need to find out how this technology started. The idea of organizing data from multiple kind of transactional business systems that organizations use, especially financial institutions, and putting it in a place where it can be used for insights and analytics has been around for quite a few years now. A lot of the traditional systems around those things required a lot of upfront design and planning. The technology was a little bit less nimble. And so the whole effort to kind of put those systems together and get the data organized in a way that it could then serve up uh, reports was just a lot of lift. On top of that, the work was done in a more waterfall fashion. So what that means is that we'd go in and sort of look at, hey, what specific sort of reports and insights do we need? And we would then craft sort of the data that would flow into a warehouse to support those things. And those would be fairly static. So if you wanted to make changes or updates and you wanted to be able to do things that required a little bit more agility around use of the data, it was just a lot of change management cycles to make changes to those traditional data warehouses. And so the cost and the expense to manage and work with it was difficult. And what are some challenges nowadays that individuals and organizations need to overcome? 
Some of the things that we're seeing that are really agnostic to the world and to the consumer, I think we're all familiar with and impacted by the inflation and the, and the rising interest rates today. If we think about current day type of challenges, obviously those are, are driven by multiple factors, both domestically here and, and across the globe. So that means, as we all know, reduced consumer spend, tighter budgets, et cetera. So the challenge there is greater even for the organizations as they have to focus on precision related to the consumer experience as they typically would. They're going to reduce expenses. They're going to drive efficiencies to be more concise with their consumer engagement. But at the same time, they also have to attempt to improve that customer interaction, their success rates, loyalty, retention, et cetera, with slimmer budgets and fewer resources as we continue down this path. So how are they maximizing ROI through the volatility? you got to really take a look at you know, the end-to-end strategy that you're executing on and make decisions that are both focused on success and value, but also considering the expense reduction and the other things that are being considered right now as part of that strategy. Yeah, I mean, the only other thing I would add to Brandon's comments is that I think as the technology is becoming more accessible, more organizations are adopting it, and data is also becoming kind of a major way that people drive decisions and analytical insights. It's getting a lot more competitive too, right? So I think having the ability to kind of really have more prescriptive insights into customer behaviors in terms of how we engage is just going to really make a big difference in terms of your success in the market as an organization. That ties back to the earlier comment too, right? One of the other traditional limitations of older warehouses is that they were more around descriptive analytics, which means they would talk about what happened in the past or what's happening now from an operational current state, but they weren't really necessarily good and geared towards like building pictures around future state or what's the what's the next best move with a customer, right, that's going to provide ROI back to the organization. So I think we're seeing a, a little bit of shift in terms of sophistication of some of these platforms and being competitive around using those technologies is important to a lot of organization success, including financial institutions. Can anyone speak a little bit more to why it's important to have this actionable data and insight? We can all agree that data at this point will continue to be king, right? Regardless of industry, of of institution, of region in the world, I think across a full strategy, and you're talking about technology and you're talking about resources and financials and data really, as you talk about the strategy, has the highest ceiling value of all of those considerations. It also then can have the lowest floor as well. If you have data, that's great. But if you can't leverage your data to improve your decision-making period, then obviously you're wasting money, you're losing in the market, and you're going nowhere. If you can only leverage it or only have the ability to leverage it to drive reactive decisioning, then you're still behind because you're, you'll always be lagging. You're going to be spending money trying to catch up, resources, less flexibility. Um, you're going to experience higher attrition. Obviously, you're not nimble and you're not able to stay ahead of the curve. So just like most things, the most value you can get from data is at the higher end of the maturity curve. An effective, mature data strategy is going to promote proactive decisioning. It's going to drive automation and it's going to help organically enhance and refine those decisions through artificial intelligence, through machine learning, you need it to continue to build on itself, close that feedback loop, improve incrementally or exponentially, and just keep getting smarter without the use of more manual labor, more spreadsheets, more manual manipulation, things like that. So what does that mean to an organization? It means 
sea of things, right? It's it's outer space with data. We don't know exactly what all is out there. We know that it goes forever and, and there's possibilities are endless. You can reduce expense. You can accelerate your growth. So there's endless themes of value that are driven through a strategic and mature data strategy. You think about data also, especially in larger institutions, whether that's financial services, insurance, they're all siloed, right? So if you've got a, a division can have a great data strategy and and produce fantastic outcome at their level, but you got to also think about it at the enterprise level because now you're incorporating all the consumer touch points that gives you the ability to orchestrate journeys and decision-making at that level instead of the product level, instead of the division level. So there's all kinds of angles to think about data and the more mature it is, the better the outcome is going to be. The amount of data institutions and organizations collect on their customers is enormous. And while obtaining that information can be a challenge, it's only one part of the KYC puzzle. The other half is in knowing what to do with it. Because as Brandon said, simply reacting to changing customer trends isn't enough to keep organizations ahead of the curve. But using data to make proactive decisions, that's how institutions can stay at the top of the game. So, how should institutions approach their data and customer engagement efforts? And where does this fit into an organization's overall strategy? So a CDP, customer data platform at its core, right? It's a software application. It's gonna support marketing and customer experience. It's gonna unify the customer's data. It's going to optimize for the timing, the targeting of messages, the channel of execution of communication, all of the customer engagement activities. And it's going to enable analysis analytics at the individual level over time. So it's really a data science enabled platform and it's going to accelerate the maturity curve of your data strategy. Within the, the CDP, you've got a few different pillars, right, to consider. And so at its core, it's going to it's going to ingest and unify the data. It's going to formulate a 360 view of the customer, and it's going to provide some capabilities to segment off audiences and really create target groups of consumers for a specific output. Then another key pillar to consider is the uh, journey orchestration. This is where you're actually, you're taking these segments now, these audiences, right? And you're actually managing the journey to ensure the next best experience is achieved. So what you're considering there is it, it's not necessarily always an offer, right? Uh, that's, that would be at the top of everyone's list. I, I need to grow. I need to sell more products. I need to, but it may not be the next best experience to retain a customer for 50 years and to grow wallet share. Maybe they need help in their onboarding journey, or they need to understand better what utilization they need to reach a promo threshold or something like that, right? So how fast and effective is the decisioning here with the orchestration and you know, sort of the the output. Is it siloed execution versus really omni-channel execution? Is it considering that they may be a credit card holder and a checking account holder, and they have a, a home equity loan? And then really the most exciting one, I think, in and sort of the more on the forefront of, of the technology here is, is real-time interaction management, which truly encompasses the idea of curating the best experience in real time, delivering it to the customer via their preferred channel, via their preferred time of day, personalizing it for them and some things to consider there are how smart is that decisioning engine and then really it's next best offer versus next best experience are you encompassing the true full 
customer lifecycle versus just trying to hit them with another product that you want them to buy, which they might not be interested in or even qualify for or care about. So those are really the core themes of the CDP that we break it into as we focus on how to drive the right strategy. Wow, it sounds way more efficient use of the data. And what I'm hearing is that it's really about relationship. Even though we're talking about all this technical stuff, it's about maintaining that relationship between the customer and the organization. I think Brandon did a great job at defining like what is a customer data platform. And like he said, it involves everything from ingestion of data to the packaging and segmentation of data to feeding actual prescriptive insights related to how to engage with customers and things like that. Often it's part of a larger enterprise data analytics platform. So we have some customers where, and they're really targeting data analytics to help serve other parts of the organization too, not just on the customer side of things, but also related to asset management and other areas as well. And so they'll have the CDP sort of be a component solution of a larger solution. And and part of that might include the quality of the data. So (laughs) CDPs, you know, they're only as good as the data that's coming in. So getting a handle on what kind of transactional business systems that are the sources for the data or any external party data that we're feeding into the CDP How do we get a handle on making sure the quality of that data is as good as it needs to be so it feeds in and actually informs kind of correct decisions? So very often we'll work with organizations that are also putting in master data management platform components alongside of a CDP or fundamentally having kind of a larger sort of data ingestion process where they're actually going through some level of cleanup of data as well. And then that feeds into a CDP. So there's different combinations of enterprise platforms and CDP being a part versus CDB trying to handle a lot of those things as part of a holistic solution. So who are the groups that could benefit from having a CDP? I think the cool thing about engagement and personalization, as as we talked about, it's agnostic to the industry, line of business, region. So we haven't really found an area in which this can't apply. It's a matter of the commitment to the engagement, to personalization, to your you know customer stickiness and loyalty, Right. And, and you know, it's a combination. It's commitment, right? You could say I'm committed, but I don't have the money to, to spend on it or it hasn't moved up the priority list. Right. So, I mean, if you have customers, right, you want to stay engaged, you want to stay relevant, you want to build on that relationship in a personalized manner. And that's obvious with financial institutions, but it's true with other verticals that like we talked about insurance, wealth, sports teams and, and the gaming industry, healthcare, energy. It really has application everywhere. So within the organization, organizations, again, across whoever, Traditionally, this has been a strategy centered around marketing, and that still does represent a major driver. However, there are several other functions within an organization that could benefit from this type of platform. It's customer service, what I mentioned, or, or customer delight, which I know a lot of institutions are referring to these days. The digital strategy, operational analytics, it's, it really is outside of marketing. A lot of time the budgets fit into the marketing space, but it really is a full institution application that that should be considered and and there's use cases to be found everywhere. Great. So we're going to get into a case study, but before we do that, let's talk about how an organization in general should approach a new data strategy. What have you seen that's worked? Uh, What advice would you give? 
I think it's important for organizations to embark if they're really looking to embrace kind of a more holistic sort of data analytics strategy and adopt a customer data platform, an engagement type platform. They need to have a foundational vision for what it is they're looking to accomplish from the business value standpoint. And so having that upfront part of it laid down and then laying down some of the foundational strategies and even the architecture for it just to kind of frame the house up a bit, so to speak is an important aspect and kind of provides a lot of that foundational kind of vision and strategy and plan in place for that. When it comes to the execution side of it, though, that's where it gets back to the fact that organizations want to make investments, but they want to realize on those investments as soon as they can. And so having the ability to sort of really build out a execution plan that's a little bit more iterative and incremental, or we use the word agile, is a good way to go. And that means really prioritizing from a use case perspective, really where the value is going to be. If it's really focused on customer insights and being able to kind of advance the level of conversation with customers, then the focus should be there. If it's other areas where you're looking to maybe save on costs operationally within the organization, then maybe the focus should be there. So typical organizations will kind of build a little bit of a roadmap, right, as part of that, identify priorities that provide value relative to the level of effort to actually deliver on it, and then execute around that in more of an incremental fashion over time. So it's not so much the big bang approach. It's more sort of iterative and broken up into smaller pieces so they can sort of realize on results and sell it to the organization and build that kind of commitment to continue with the overall adoption. Investing in any new technology or strategy can feel like a risk. And the bigger the transformation, the larger the uncertainty of success. But thankfully for CDP integration, starting small is the way to go, reducing risk and expense. So what does this incremental integration look like in a real organization? We have a a sports team that recently implemented with the focus on driving season tickets with capturing single ticket purchasers, right, and driving them to more games, driving them to season ticket consideration, and then also active marketing within the stadium against consumers that are in there, understanding what they like to do, where they like to spend their money in the, not only in the stadium, but in the surrounding area. Typically a stadium is surrounded by restaurants and vendors and other things, and being able to personalize that sort of experience for those ticket holders there to increase their spend. They've had a lot of success. It's only been implemented now for three or four months, and they've seen extremely high success rates against some of their previous metrics over the last several years. And then another one that kind of sticks out is driven around loyalty and the idea that there's a loyalty program basically for almost everything you have in your wallet these days, right? You've got miles, you've got points, you can trade them for cash, you can trade them for offers and deals and promotions, things like that. But there's a lot of evidence to show that once you actually use the rewards or once you actually cash in, it creates this exponential increase in stickiness with that customer. So driving them to the utilization of those points or driving them to that next tier that they would get that additional rebate or that additional promotion is one of the key ones we've focused on um, also Those are just a couple of uh, a little more in-depth examples of, of how we've helped consumers more recently. 
I am curious, you, you talked about how they personalize these offers to get more season ticket holders. What was their pain point in coming to you? Was it financial? Was it getting the other businesses that were associated with this involved? Like you said, the restaurants and those kind of products, like what made them come to you? They have a fan base, right? And if you're a, a fanatic, right, you don't necessarily need that type of promotional material, right? But if you've only been to one game, or maybe you haven't been to a game, but you've gone to a concert at the stadium, or you're new to the area, rudimentary data and consumer profile information that they had, it was really list by generic, hey, we're going to send this out to everyone within a 100 mile radius of this location on the map and say, come to a game versus, hey, we noticed that you came to a couple games last year. You haven't been to one this year. How about 50% off a set of four tickets? Or maybe they've gone to specifically see that team play another team the majority of the time. So they know that they're from that area of the country. And so now you you position things around when they're going to be playing that. You know, So it was really just the very basic data that they had to work with and no way to enhance or improve what they knew about the consumers that either had come, hadn't come. And it was just a, really just a blast campaign is really all they had in place. And so that was that was really their challenge. They, they want to get to know who's coming to the stadium. Then they come to the stadium and then you can drive them to other events in the stadium or you can drive them to local restaurants or other places where they have something that they can relate to, even a fan, but then also bringing in new season ticket holders and a new fan base outside of what existed creating awareness and, and bringing them in the door. It sounds just like you said, the personalization, and it's just so much more specific instead of a, a general blast and like throwing spaghetti at the wall and hoping some sticks. I'm curious, what did they find? What unexpected opportunities or hidden issues in the data did they find? What surprised them? The idea is when you implement something like this, you're supposed to see good results, right? But they were very surprised at the almost immediate success that they had off of this and how how crucial it was to sort of reaching that next level of awareness to the fans and of bringing folks in the door. Now, I can say that that's common because, again, if you don't see the data and you don't know the data and don't understand it or, or, or can't sort of see the forest of the trees, then you don't really know what to expect. And you think, oh, I'm doing fine. I've got plenty of mailing lists and I've got whatever. But until you actually execute the strategy and you start seeing the value that it's bringing, that's when it really sort of hits home that uh, this can be extremely beneficial and we'll just keep building from there. I mean, we're already signed up for multiple additional use cases. Like I said, it's only been about 90 days in production. So now we're in workshops and we're talking about how to continue to build on it. So the people that are listening and they're they're wanting to do this, what do people who are looking for these kinds of solutions need to ask themselves before deciding on an engagement platform? I would say that the things that are really important for organizations to have to, to get a handle on, I think this gets back to my earlier comment, is, is really kind of having a baseline understanding of where you stand right now as relates to customer insights and how you're operating around that relationship and what kind of stickiness and what level of kind of revenue realization you're getting from that relationship, right? And understanding like what level of improvement you want to see around that. So I think a lot of it is just trying to set strategy, understanding where you stand right now, what you're trying to accomplish with that. 
and then mapping out a course by which you want to kind of leverage a CDP, right, to help realize on some of that additional lift and insights. And to your point too, Aaron, it provides much more targeted communications back to us as citizens, right, as consumers, right? So we actually get offers and we get communications with these partner organizations that we're working with that are much more applicable to our interests, right? So it kind of, it's a win-win for both parties. That's great. And where do you see customer engagement platforms going in the future? This already sounds so forward-thinking and transformational for these organizations. What's the blue sky offer for organizations or for uh, customer engagement in the future? I think the ability for us to have information available and properly analyzed and presented to really provide, you know, prescriptive sort of guidance to us as organizations, a customer organization, as well as out to our, our actual customers is really going to drive just a whole different level of interaction and optimization around kind of what that relationship's like. And so I see a lot of um, just the ability of these platforms to be more real time is going to be a, a really big thing. The other thing, too, and this gets back to my point earlier, was we have a lot of organizations that are chasing or pursuing enterprise data analytics platform adoption implementation, where CDP and the customer sort of, you know, um, focus is a part of that. So I think seeing those respective sort of technologies sort of merge together as part of like more of a unified adoption program around enterprise data analytics, I see that also being something in the future as well, as we see a little bit of a kind of a consolidation or an integration between those different respective solutions. One of the, I'd say, challenges and sort of considerations here to Pete's point about all the different levels and layers to the strategy is how integrated or connected the solution is from end to end, right? You want to, you want to get this end to end solution, but there's multiple components needed to do that, right? In the comprehensive ecosystem, there's data and, and the management of the data, the decisioning, the market automation, personalization, et cetera. So what you're trying to do is avoid multiple point solutions, which have broken decisioning. They've got competing logic and you don't want to do that, right? You want to move towards more of the singular integrated type of smart hub, but in the market today, and where we will be going in the future, there's a lot of point solution offerings out there, multiple integrations, multiple solutions that certain providers are, are trying to piece together. It creates quality issues and, and efficiency issues and additional pricing and things like that. So you want as much as you can within the framework and, and what the engagement platform today contains is a lot of these critical components within the framework of that platform, which is going to provide a better sort of native data experience, reduce the integration points, the pricing, the quality challenges, et cetera. So in the future, there will be more mergers. There will be more sort of consolidation of these components into what we'll continue to build on as an end-to-end -end strategy. And we have already a leg up in that regard with the multiple pieces and parts that we have already in, an, in a singular platform in the market. Brandon Richardson is Senior Director of Strategy and Decision and Data Solutions at FIS, and Peter Thumb is Senior Director of Full Stack Solutions at Tech Systems. That's it for today's show. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time as we take a look at the tokenization-powered future of loyalty and examine the next evolution in points and rewards programs.